0: Welcome to our first episode where we will be critiquing classic comic book story arcs. You can find this comic book story arc in Walter Simonson Visionaries Thor, uh, as well as simply um, Thor issue 340... 337. 337, thank you. 337 and the next three issues after that. Uh, This is the story arc introducing Beta Ray Bill. My name is Alan Forbes. Uh, And I'm Ryan Jolodi. And we will be reviewing that right now. So, Ryan, give us some background story on, first of all, the characters that are involved in this story, as well as some other uh, factoid trivia you've got.
1: All right. So, uh, 337 is, issue 337 of Thor is Walt Simonson's first Issue on his now legendary run of Thor. A lot of people consider him the definitive Thor writer and artist. Uh, and in that very first issue, he uh, he introduces Beta Ray Bill, who is this uh, alien warrior who has uh, come to Earth uh, kind of accidentally, uh, and through a series of uh, of mishaps and misunderstandings, of course, fights Thor and in the process proves that he is worthy to wield thor's hammer
0: now the 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 name beta ray bill Mm -hmm. what is the origin of that name
1: uh walt simon was looking for uh a a regular kind of everyman name in fact i guess apparently uh one of the original name ideas was beta ray jones uh which was that was the working idea for him um uh he uh Walt Simonson had intentionally chosen a uh, a name that was going to be a regular guy name uh uh Jones in that case um and then because he wanted to create almost like an everyman character who just also happened to be an alien the uh, assumption the shorthand was that all of this was being translated from uh, Beta Ray Bill's natural language name.
0: Oh, so Bill might be the alien equivalent, right? Of Bill, so it's an average name for maybe his race, right?
1: The Corbinites is his name. Okay,
0: race. Right? okay, that makes a little more sense to me. All right, great, um, cool. We open issue three thirty-seven with a galaxy-sized blacksmith project by the Norse fire god Surtur. Sertor's medal of choice, stars. Billions and billions of stars. Surter's star ingot is then slammed upon his titanic anvil, resulting in the sound DOOM. Cut to our hero in New York City, or his human guise of Dr. Donald Blake. Donald Blake is taking it easy in Central Park, where he's confronted by... Nick Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D., the two take a short jaunt in Nick's swanky flying car to his even more impressive flying airbase, the S.H.I.E.L.D. Helicarrier. On board the Helicarrier, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent explains to Thor there is a starship tearing its way through the galaxy. And its fuel source? What else? Stars. What's worse is the next star in its flight path is Earth's Sun. Help us, Thor. You are our only hope. Cut to Asgard, Thor's hometown, or Dimension. We see Volstagg the Voluminous hosting a meal, which is not surprising. He welcomes Sif, the shield maiden, to his meal, which already has a seat set for Balder the, quote, brave. Balder is drowning his sorrows in mead, while Sif stands in judgment, disregarding his recent trip to Hela's underworld of lost souls. Sif is craving battle, and takes a walk to the Rainbow Bridge to ask where she can find some action. Heimdall, the Watcher, guardian of the Bifrost Bridge, tells her only Odin can help you. Cut to our dimension in space. Thor's interdimensional teleportation and super-fast flight has brought him to the star-killing spaceship. A battle ensues. The ship opens fire on Thor, and our hero responds in kind. Thor enters the ship as only a god of thunder can, ripping the hull like tinfoil. However, the hull reseals itself behind him as if it were alive. Speaking of the living, there doesn't seem to be anyone living on this ship. That is, until the ship's computer awakens its defender from cryogenic sleep... Meanwhile, on Asgard, Thor's evil brother Loki is just as bored as Sif was earlier. Just outside of Loki's castle, the beautiful Lorelei is using her beauty to trick a troll into being captured. This impresses Loki as he is the master of trickery. Back to Thor, where he is encountering the only breathing member of the crew, a horse-skull-faced armored warrior named Beta Ray Bill. The two titans battle hand-to-hand after Thor carelessly casts aside his mighty hammer. The two are evenly matched, and their mighty struggle damages the ship's life support, causing a change in course for emergency landing. Thor needs his hammer on his person to maintain his thunder god powers, and reverts to Donald Blake's human form. Oops. A quick tap from Bill, and Blake lies... Un- The ship lands on Earth, where shield tanks, led by Nick Fury, are waiting for the landing. Bill would love to use Thor's hammer to ward off the tank attack, but instead finds a lousy walking stick. In frustration, Badaria Bill whacks the stick against the hull, thereby granting him the powers of Thor! Bill makes short work of the tank attack, using his new Thor powers. Suddenly, Thor's father Odin comes calling for Thor. Tell your friends you're done playing, Thor. It's time to come home to Asgard. In a case of mistaken identity, Odin grabs Bader a bill in Thor's outfit and zips back to Asgard. Blake shouts to the heavens asking why his father has forsaken him. Chapter 2. Issue 338 opens with Surter once again beating on his star ingot. Doom. It seems foreboding. Blake is upset, because without his father Odin, nor the hammer, he is powerless. Now what? On Asgard, Odin now realizes there's been a switch. Where's my son? Beta Ray Bill, a bit cocky with his newfound thunder powers, attacks Odin. That doesn't last long, as Odin's power dwarfs even Thor's. Using his powers, Odin zaps Thor to Asgard, while returning him to his thunder god status. Now a matching pair, Beta Bill and Thor follow Odin up to a mountaintop to exchange their stories. No one but these three characters have been deemed worthy to wield Mjolnir, the Enchanted Hammer. Meanwhile, in another part of Asgard, Lorelei is locking lips with... Thor? Sif catches them in the act and decks them both in the face. Feeling spurned, Sif marches off. Thor laughs out loud because... He's not really Thor. (laughs) He's Loki. What a trickster. Beta Ray Bill recites his origin to Odin and Thor. His people were exiled from their home planet when the core of their galaxy exploded. Since there wasn't enough food for his people, they were all put into cryogenic sleep until they could find a safe planet to relocate. As if this weren't enough danger, a horde of demons constantly pursues the evacuation fleet, Bill was selected to be given bionic enhancements to defend his people if the hull of his star-eating spaceship named Scuttlebutt were ever breached. Bill is grateful for his brand new weapon, Mjolnir, and he intends to use it against the demons. Thor wants his hammer back. Odin says the two can duel for the hammer. Winner gets the power of Thor. The Titans clash, resulting in their punches colliding with one another. The force is enough to knock each other unconscious. It's a double count-out. Who will get up first? It's Bill! Bill's the winner! Bill spares Thor's life and brings him back to Odin, claiming the hammer. Chapter 3 Beta Ray Bill, standing in the presence of Odin and a gathering of Asgardians, claims victory over Thor with Mjolnir as his prize. Then he passes out. Lorelai comments on how ugly Bill is, but Sif is impressed that he was worthy of lifting the Great Hammer. Odin checks in on the warriors laying on their recovery beds. Both display great humility and other honorable traits. Odin has an idea! Odin approaches the Asgardian Dwarfs, asking for a task only they can do. The Dwarfs agree only if Odin can send a female warrior to defeat their champion, Throg. Cut to Volstagg's tale of Baldar the Brave's death. Apparently, Loki created an enchanted arrow used by an attacking army to kill Baldur. Baldr was sent to Niflheim, Hela's underworld, Yes, the Underworld of Hell. Uh. How's that star project coming, Certer? The sword, the sword, is whispered in the background. So now we know what he's banging out. Cut to Quebec, and an innocent lighthouse tender is killed by a giant monster coming up from the ground. Certer. No, wait, not Certer. Still no payoff on the star sword building. Let's get back to the current story. Sif has defeated Throg. The dwarfs agree to Odin's request to make a new enchanted hammer named Stormbreaker. Now Bill can retain the power of Thor, and so can Thor. Here's your old hammer back, son. Thor requests that he help Bill save his people from the oncoming horde of demons. Time is of the essence, so Thor must use his chariot pulled by his goats Tooth grinder and tooth gnasher. Also, bring Sif along! She's bored. The trio come across Bill's evacuation armada. Chapter 4 The trio come across Bill's evacuation armada. The demons are already attempting to infiltrate the ships. Sif wards them off as Bill and Thor discover the source of the demon hordes. Apparently, the core of Bill's galaxy didn't explode, but has been surrounded by some mechanical-looking portal. The power source of the portal? What else? More stars! Speaking of stars, how's that sword coming, Surtur? Very nice. You may get an A in Metal Shop after all. Volstag is talking Agnar's ear off about Baldur's braving in the afterlife. Imagine encountering everyone you ever killed. Awkward. Thor and Bill have a radical idea. Throw the hammers into the portal. When they collide, it should close the portal. But I thought you said crossing the streams was bad. Sorry, wrong story. The hammers succeed and the demons vanish. Later in Asgard, Bill tells how he was selected as the strongest, most enduring warrior of his people. He used to look less like an orange horse skull and more like an orange ball dude. The bionic implants have altered his appearance and livelihood. Odin says, Tap Stormbreaker on the ground. Lightning strikes and Beta Ray Bill reverts to his original uncybernetic self. Thor asks, If Bill has my hammer's old enchantment and I can't revert to human, what happens to Donald Blake? Well, that will have to wait for another time because the legend of Beta Ray Bill is born. The end. Okay, so, Ryan, my first question to you is, how many stars had to die to bring (laughs) us this story? We have uh, countless stars being used for Surtur to make his star sword, apparently. Uh, We have a ship that Beta Ray Bill is on, which runs on destroying stars. And we also have the Demon Horde... Uh, having a portal that is powered by the core galaxy stars of Betray Bill's galaxy. Did I miss any stars? Yeah, that
1: that is that is a lot of stars. I actually, you know, I have a question about that. Okay. Uh, about the ship powered by stars. Yeah. Um, that's one of those things where the the shield guy is giving the summary of of. Uh, scuttlebutt as we will later learn the name of the ship. Okay. Uh, uh that's you know hey we think this ship is being powered by stars.
0: So they thought uh, it was. That was a misnomer? You
1: know I you know I don't know. Um, oh, okay. It's never really well clarified, but uh-huh. I always got the impression that the shield guy was actually he, they were interpreting what they saw wrong. Okay. And the ship was fleeing the demons that were chasing it because I All don't right. think shield realized the ship was being pursued by demons. Uh-huh. Um, so I think the ship is fleeing the demons and I think the demons are destroying stars in their wake
0: okay that's
1: what I think is going on it's never really But that's not there's not a, really, there's a
0: bunch of stuff here that's not really explained right. because when I first read this story I was like oh uh, the Surtur's whole thing was kind of explained as like this is the core of galaxies mm-hmm. being used for this star sword that mm-hmm. we later reveal as a star sword and then they were like, oh, the core of my galaxy was uh, had exploded. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, clearly there's a connection because w- how many of these things could be happening at once? Right. Um, but again, that's never really explained either. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I reread it, I was like, since there's no explanation, I could almost assume stars are just being laid waste all over the universe. Yeah, it seems that way. <laughs> As a result of what's happening in this story.
1: I love the panels of... Uh... Of Surtur taking pieces of stars and mm-hmm. forging them, and he seems to be standing amongst other stars, standing around him, right, which implies that Surtur is literally cosmically gigantic, right? He's, you know, and like,
0: think of the size of that anvil, right? Like, how big does that have to be? Right. Where did that come from? Right?
1: Why why doesn't uh, why doesn't Surtur have gravitational force because he's <laughs> l- this larger than stars? Yeah. So um, I think that's a little bit of a of. Uh, jack kirby space okay uh, where it's you know size is kind of uh sketchy right it's it's left to the imagination it's uh it's it's conceptual size right
0: yeah yeah i um and again because i had to reread it i had to realize oh this doesn't directly affect stuff now i thought it might have originally only in the idea of the Norse mythology was originally, you know, the thunder god, right? Mm-hmm, so it right. was it, the the understanding was every time Thor uh, smacked his hammer against something, whether it be in the heat of battle yep. or maybe he was making his own sword uh, in a smelt, uh, that would cause the thunder that you you heard in the sky. Right. So there was a direct correlation between what happened in Asgard and our own world. Uh huh. And I was almost thinking, well, then this is another example of that. But again. We don't get that explanation in the story, so it's subject to interpretation. Yeah, yeah. But like you said, um, I, I think you might have been coloring it with, with your own expectations of yes, Beta Ray Bill is a benevolent force for good. Mm-hmm. So, how could he possibly <laughs> subscribe to a star or solar system killing ship right. in order to just preserve his own people's race? Mm-hmm. And that, yes, this is not touched upon. This is more inferred, <laughs> giving right, yeah. the benefit of the doubt to him and his people.
1: Well, it's, it's also, uh, uh, this is getting a little bit off topic, but it's worth mm-hmm. pointing out that in the Marvel Universe, um, not that long before this story arc, the Dark Phoenix story arc takes place, mm-hmm. where a rather big deal is made of the fact that Dark Phoenix flies off to this other galaxy and eats a star. Right. And in the course of eating that star, of course, destroys
0: uh, all the people, a, a
1: civilization. Yes. Um, and the editors of Marvel were very clear about, um, if we were if they were going to bring Jean Grey back, uh. they had to make her.
0: Not not that, responsible yeah.
1: for being the being that destroyed a star. And, right. And so you can't just... You, I don't think the way Marvel was operating at that, I don't think they would just casually let Beta Ray Bill's spaceship eat, mm-hmm. eat stars.
0: So and that, I think that was the, the question I had, too, in reading the story. It's like, only those worthy mm-hmm. can lift the yeah, hammer of Thor. Go. Right. And... and from what I was reading, I was like, it doesn't seem like you're very worthy there, uh, Bill, because you're killing solar systems. Yeah, he does and seem you're seem
1: a, a little callous and yeah. a little bit of anger management. Right, going on there. right.
0: Yeah. So, okay, so we've got, s- s- stars was one issue that uh-huh. I had. Okay. Um, all right, so I've got another issue. We've got an issue of nepotism here. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Okay. Um, We've got... Obviously, Odin is the father of Thor. Mm -hmm. Odin is the source of the power source. Mm -hmm. But Odin is like, well, you've you've bested my son, and the hammer says you're worthy. And and Bill's like, yeah, I need this hammer. I need to save my people. So Odin comes up with, well, you two can duel. Mm -hmm. The winner takes all. So my question is this. If Thor won... Mm -hmm. Does Bill get left out in the cold? Because only after Thor loses does Odin go, hmm, maybe they're both winners.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I I wondered that too. Like, why? Obviously, Odin had the ability to make another hammer. Right. Why didn't he just do that from the (laughs) get-go? And there's
0: all these hoops they have to jump through. Right. So it's not not like, well, Odin goes, okay, all right, right, my son lost, but Mm. I'm not going to rob my son of the power that he is that I feel he's worthy of right so I'm going to go to these dwarfs and then the dwarfs don't even agree to it they're like okay but but you've got another hoop to jump through now too yeah which and then
1: that hoop later is revealed to be they were actually that was a trick amongst themselves
0: how the, so the, uh, okay I, I know we're going outside of the story arc, right but but tell me what what was it
1: well it's it, they, it's mentioned in these issues where they uh their agreement is we'll make we'll do this thing for you but uh, only if your warrior, if you can send a female warrior right. that will defeat our best warrior. Yeah. And if that female warrior loses, she has to become the our best warrior's wife. That's the agreement that they make. Oh, okay. Sif shows up, beats that guy. Right. Uh, Throg or Thog. Throg. Or, yeah. Throg the troll. Okay. Well, he's not a troll. I'm sorry. He's a dwarf. It's a, dwar- um, it's a giant it's, dwarf. It's a giant dwarf. So it's an yeah. oxymoron. It's a, a, a jumbo <laughs> shrimp. Right. Exactly. Um, so he uh, uh they then Etri, the mm-hmm. the leader of the or main the head the, blacksmith of the dwarfs the dwarves, yeah. Reveals that that Throg uh wasn't their best warrior, he was just a giant dwarf that was bullying the dwarves. Uh. So they wanted someone to come in and kick his butt so he wouldn't uh okay. bully the other dwarves
0: anymore. He couldn't have said that? No, he didn't He's say like, that This is our
1: best warrior, That's, Odin. So you So can... that was a. Uh, and, and An added hoop to the already the hoop. Y- y-
0: you got to love the, the restraint that Odin shows here because he's mm. like, foolish dwarf, I'm Odin, the father of fathers. I can smite yeah. you for being so insolent, you know.
1: But he plays along. Like, sure. And he
0: talk to. Si- I'll talk Sif into it. She's bored anyway. Yeah. So why not let her. Um, and I, I resisted the urge to edit out anything unrelated to, or at least what I felt was unrelated to the Beta Ray Bill storyline, mm-hmm. um, because if you're picking up this comic book's uh, story arc, you're going to read this. And so I, I included everything with Loki and the foretelling of what is apparently Ragnarok, mm-hmm. which is the apocalypse of Asgard, the, yep. the eventual end of Asgard, which... Happens many times in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Although uh, this was the first. This I, was the first I, time. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is okay. the first
1: time that Ragnarok happens in the Marvel universe. Right. So
0: um, within this we're Twelve issues from now. <laughs> right. So we talk about how Baldur and Baldur's death is always the first sign of Ragnarok, mm-hmm. from what I understand. So yes, we, we we have that and then a little bit of a subplot with uh Lorelei and mm-hmm. Loki. Yeah. And they're they're scheming and that never really comes to fruition. Um but uh, yeah, and then of course the the Surtur, ding ding ding, fire sword, right? Um, which within this certainly is very far from resolving. But yeah. that's 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 Ragnarok, right? right. Once Surtur comes right. out and lays waste, right? Am I wrong? Or, or yeah, yeah, yeah okay.
1: that's, that is uh, Surtur is the one who wants Ragnarok to happen. He's the one who wants to destroy everything. Okay. Um, one of the most recent Thor arcs uh, is called uh, Everything Burns, mm-hmm. and that is uh, another attempt by Surter to unmake the universe, basically, okay. to destroy everything.
0: in this segment, we discuss what is the recurring theme of this story? Um, are there any actual lessons learned? Uh, what would you say? Any recurring themes you might notice here, Ryan?
1: I guess the main one that seems to be most prominently displayed is kind of a, a father knows best hmm. thing. And this is something they do a lot with Odin. Okay. Where Odin does make people jump through hoops mm-hmm. to get their prize. Um, when he seemingly could just wave his hand and fix whatever problems going right. on, but instead he makes other people do stuff. And then at the end, they kind of uh, they kind of say, well, maybe he made us do this for a reason, to, to learn a lesson. Hmm. Um, in this story, when, the, when they make Bill and Thor duel, uh, it later comes out at the end that maybe Odin had chosen the location that they were dueling to favor Bill. Oh, because so, of
0: the the heat, right? This right. was in a lava area. Yeah, right? it's like yeah. a uh,
1: it's not it's one of the nine realms. It's not Svartalhelm, but it's one of those somewhere hot. Yes, okay. and uh, maybe it's Svartalhelm. but okay. uh, it's uh, it favors Bill's um, natural abilities, I guess. Mm. So uh,
0: so he did tip the odds in Bill's he favor. Tip the because okay. they're supposed
1: to be evenly matched. You okay. Know? So and Bill only barely won. Mm-hmm. And Bill says it's only because the territory failed, uh, favored me, mm. and uh, and luck, and that's the only reason I won, and that's why he's he doesn't want to kill Thor because it is supposed to be a fight to the death, but he doesn't. Right. Even though he beats Thor, he doesn't kill him um, because then that's the end of your comic book character. Right. Well,
0: if, if you ask me, I think the reoccurring theme that I noticed was uh, the definition of good and evil. Where mm-hmm. good, we we will we will do favors for you and not necessarily ask anything in return. So we've got an example of that, of Thor answering the call to Nick Fury. Sure, of course I'll save the Earth. Yeah. Not, not a problem. Right. Um, we've got uh, the opposite side. We've got Vader A. Bill. Mm-hmm. He's like, of course I will sacrifice my looks and well-being for the sake of my people. And I went through this rigorous competition in order to prove that I am the most uh, physically capable and mentally capable mm-hmm. to defend my people. Um you know Sif also she's like yeah I will I will do these deeds for you uh, Odin uh, in order to get this additional hammer I guess she didn't really know that that was the reason and then eventually she gets you know, on this, she volunteers. She volunteers to go off to and go help off and, and help, help the the Beta Ray Bill well, cause. Do
1: you, do you think that Sif was doing that because she's a good person, or because she says she's she was doing it because effectively she was bored, right? She was she felt she was a battle uh, a, a shield maiden, someone meant for battle. Mm-hmm. She was bored because she hadn't had battle in a while, right? So that's why she was willing to fight the uh, the dwarf. That's why she was mm-hmm. willing to go. Why she wanted to go fight. Uh, alongside Bill, and right. she was interested in Bill as well. Um,
0: okay, yeah. So, uh, and that's that's probably true, like, she didn't have the most uh, selfless of, of reasoning right. for going off, right. off to battle, and that's true. Um, but clearly, the the two heroes, and then, so, like, on the flip side, let, let's look at villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, any of the villains we see um, manipulating, mm-hmm. it's all manipulation. Yep. We even have uh, Surtur, the first villain that we even see, right. he's manipulating everything. I mean, like, who knows if, if there's actually life attached to all those stars he's using yeah. for the sake of making this sword. Uh, we have Loki clearly manipulating as his character is always doing. Mm-hmm. Lorelei mm-hmm. manipulation, you know, using her feminine wiles for whatever reason. We still don't see a, an end to these means, but right. everything is very manipulative when it's regarding villains in this story versus heroes who will just they will just jump at any opportunity to, to be heroic. Yep. Is what I'm seeing in this story. Yeah,
1: I, and, I, and I could buy that. And, and like you said, there's a lot going on with uh, with Loki and Lorelai and Surtur that doesn't pay off in this right. first four-issue arc. This one's all about establishing who Bill is and mm-hmm. getting us Beta Ray Bill. Um,
0: so this particular story arc, four mm-hmm. comic book issues, mm-hmm. which could be in this trade or any other trade introducing Beta Ray Bill. Yep. Um, would you recommend this to a non-comic book fan? This is someone who never reads comic books or is very unfamiliar with comic books.
1: Would I? You know, that's a tough one. It might be on a case-to-case basis. If I mm-hmm. thought there were someone who might might be interested in in comic books but just hadn't been exposed to them yet, Mm -hmm. then I might because, because of the stuff that doesn't get wrapped up in this, because it is, you do get four issues of establishing who and what Beta Ray Bill is. Mm -hmm. uh, And like comic books of the time where it also gives you a summary of who Thor is, Yeah, where it's uh, almost every issue has a, this is who this character is. Right. Sure. Um, So in that sense, I would be, because, um, because there's so much unwrapped up, it, I think it would encourage them to continue past this four issues. Mm-hmm. If they just wanted to do these four issues, you could; you'd get the whole battery bill story. And if you were intrigued by what is this? Why do we keep seeing doom every time right. Surtur hits that hammer? Uh, what is lie up to? Uh, it would keep it could encourage them to keep going.
0: Because so it's got an unresolved story arc. You feel could mm-hmm. suck them into the story, and then maybe they could become a fan. Yeah. Through this. Yeah. Um, so if you're asking me personally, I would. I mean. It, If it's a yes or no question, I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, You know, obviously, you and I know other stories that would be more conducive to someone who's non-comic book uh, affiliated. Now, who I would recommend this to, let's say they are a non-comic book fan. Mm -hmm. You're right. It's a case-by-case basis, Mm -hmm. meaning this is a story that's unique in that not only does it cater to the Thor-like, which is the fantasy... Element. This is someone who uh, might frequent Renaissance festivals, sure, yeah. um, or is just very into that whole mythos of people speaking old English and 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 being very into magic-related legendary stuff. Mm. Combined with science fiction, you've got an alien who runs on cybernetics and he's on a starship, yeah. and and uh, this is something that you typically don't see. In a uh, fantasy mythos, uh, what's the word? Renaissance type uh, scenario. Right. So if if you if you're a Star Trek fan and a right. fan of Game of Thrones, <laughs> then this might this be a story be for the you. The blending of the yes, two. Yeah. Now
1: that's um. Uh Jack Kirby was very uh, influential in creating the, the, mm-hmm. the th- Marvel Thor universe, right? right. Uh, and that's one of the things that he always did. It's kind mm-hmm. of his hallmark is that uh, if you look at his DC stuff, you know mm-hmm. and the, the, the the new gods, the new such. gods. Mm-hmm. It's that same thing where it right. has a very weird gods and of you know that have sort of a classical feel to us. But at the same time, you know, we've got that cool Jack Kirby technology thing going on. Right, right. And that's, and that's exactly what this story is. You've got the space battleship, and you've got alien Beta ray Hill, and then you've got um, Thor and Vikings.
0: Great. All so, right.
1: So, yeah. So, uh, I would also, uh, I agree with you. It's probably mm-hmm. not the best story for someone who just wants to read one comic book and be done with it. Um, right. But definitely. Uh, if you wanted to maybe bait the hook and lure him into it, this might be the way. <laughs> this
0: to go. is a story arc that is unresolved and mm-hmm. you know, I almost like it my my initial instinct would almost be like, yes, if, if you if you bite the hook, mm-hmm. then maybe it'll take you along. But it might sour the milk. I mean it might sure. actually turn you off because it's like this is an unrelated story and I finished it and it, 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 I, it's I, never I, resolved. And it
1: doesn't make sense. Why are there Vikings and spaceships?
0: Right, yeah. right. So I mean it could all go either way, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, that's Beta Ray Bill for you. Yeah. A, a combination of two very different worlds. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks for joining us for this episode, and we hope to see you or hear you again in a future episode. Thanks very much. Music performed by Joe Satriani. Don't sue me, Joe. Listen to Crystal Planet. Great album.